When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strong and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, who knows better than to book a vacation at the White Lotus, Ryan Nelson. Justin, maybe it's because it's the Thanksgiving season, but I am so thankful that we have Jennifer Coolidge acting crazy and white people acting terrible on a vacation <laughs> back on our TV screens. That is true. We have them both back. And look, hey, Jennifer Coolidge is acting crazy for all different reasons this time around. At least that yes. seems to be the case in this first episode. So, uh, If you've been listening to the podcast since we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the first episode of the second season of The White Lotus titled Chow on HBO and HBO Max. If you are new or regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, $10, or $20 level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review while you're over there on Apple. If you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. All right, real quick before we get into this uh, programming reminder, I wanted to programming note I wanted to let everybody know in the last episode, and I forgot to. Uh, I've been my f- entire family has been sick with the flu, so we are running short on time to record this tonight. Uh, so we're not doing Andor. We will get back to Andor next week. Uh, we apologize for that. Like I said, it's just been kind of crazy around my house. So that is all on me, uh, but we will get back to it next week. We have a lot of talk to talk about uh, with that as well, but we will get to it when we uh, cover episode nine next week. So I just want to let everybody know that. Now, let's get on to this. So we are talking about the second season of White Lotus. It debuted tonight on HBO and HBO Max. We just finished watching it. Ryan, general thoughts. What do you think about this first episode? I love this show. (laughs) It's really good. I, I could take 20 seasons of this. I'd, and I was reading some of the critics, and some of them were like, I enjoy this, but really another dead body? I don't care. Okay. It could happen at every resort. It's that true. doesn't bother me at all. I love the premise. Everything about this, I love. It. They. I'm telling you, I could watch 20 seasons. <laughs> if you have great actors and right. people who are skilled at comedy and so and and. My God, if you could just keep adding Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> every season, I love it. Yeah, man. it's it's great. Yeah, I was gonna. That was gonna be my first thing. So they start off with a dead body, just like they started off last season with a dead body. Then they go back a week and basically tell the story of how they're getting to this. And so my question to you was going to be this: You know, did it strike you as, oh, they are just really confident in their story and that they can pull this off again, or does it strike you as, you know? They seem to be short on ideas, and I guess obviously that answers the question. So, 
yeah, I, yeah, I think I, I think it's I think it's a little formulaic, but I think they know they can pull it off. Yeah, and I'm I'm fine I'm fine with that. Yeah, I I am too. As long as you as long as you do it correctly, I think yeah. it will work out. I think it will work out well. And apparently, there are more guests involved this time around in in, in dime because they said how many guests? A few. <laughs> just, right. Just, yeah. Just a few. Yeah. That that was hilarious, and that also was was a. To show you, oh, this season is different. Yeah, it There's is. There's several, several people dead. So yeah, yeah. So like I said, they don't tell you how many died, so you just kind of are left wondering. But the thing about the first season was when they introduced the death of a character. Like they introduce you to Jake Lacey's character in the first episode of the first season, and. You don't know who his that, but like I said, I binged that first season because I, I ended up watching it when I had COVID back in January of this past year of this past year of this year, and that's when I ended up I binged it in like in two days. I watched like three episodes one day and watched three episodes the next day. And I was when I was watching it, you remember you don't really think about the deaths that often, uh, the death that often. I, I remember yeah. once we finally got to, it was like, oh yeah, they they did that at the very beginning. I feel like this is probably going to. It's probably going to weigh a little heavier in this ep- in this season. Maybe I'm wrong about that because there is the one character, and, and I don't remember them saying uh, Cameron's wife's name. What is her name? Because I don't remember them actually saying it at any point. Yeah, uh, I wrote it down because I saw it in the. Uh, um, shoot, and I'm pulling Daphne. It Daphne. Daphne. Okay, is that her? Is that her name? Okay, because uh, Daphne is like. She's talking about death a lot in in this. Right. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, it feels like that is actually it's going to be a little bit more integral to the p- plot this time around than it was last time because the, the what they were kind of putting forth is yeah somebody died like that's like the least most important thing that happens in, in yeah that that's a good point because like you said I, I kind of had forgot about that but now that you mention it Daphne who uh, obsessed with Dateline yes. and I love her like. Oh my God! You know, husbands killing uh, wives, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I always uh, used to joke. My wife loves those ID shows and Discovery. Uh-huh. And every time I'd walk in the room, it was like, "And this is the best way she found to kill her husband." I'm like, "Do I need to like be aware?" I, right. Every time it was like. What? Wahab's gone mad. That's you know? right. like, this is the only stuff you're watching. Can, we can communicate about this, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. you know, but but uh, that was that was a good pickup by you. That that you know, it's interesting that she was the one who found the dead body, and this was a obsession of hers. Right. These, these type shows. Yeah, and she's like said she's talking about it quite a bit. So, yeah. you know, I don't really know where to start with this. I guess let's start with the one returning. The two, I guess technically the two returning characters. So we have Tanya, who is returning, who is played by Jennifer Coolidge, who won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actress, and it's it's very important to note that no one in this cast from last season, and uh, like I said, these are the only two returning characters. No one in this cast from last season was nominated as a Best Actor. They or Best Actor or yeah. Best Actress because there is no real. There's no real like main star of this show, yeah. and that's going to be very much the case in this one. This is very much an ensemble cast, and everyone is a supporting actor for the most part. You can't pick out, okay, this is about this person. That's not going to be the case with this show. It's not going to be the case. It was the case last season. It's not going to be the case. This, this yeah, episode. I was going to say a couple of the episodes, like there was the, the episode on the boat. That was Jennifer Coolidge's episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was the episode where Steve Zahn got really drunk. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was his. Yeah, and so that was he kind of his. And then, like, um, Jake Lacey had one, him and his wife. Right. You know, so, like, each of them kind of had, like, an episode. 
because I'm with you. I had a very hard time, and I'm doing something similar to what you did not long ago on the on the Tyrion Lannister. Because I thought, you know, they're all doing a good job of uh, doing their part. Right. They are. Because you know, Michael Imperioli is going to have an episode. Oh yeah, you know, Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Murray Abraham is going to have an episode, yeah. there's like, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's no way you don't get you'd have Murray Abraham without yeah. him having just one episode that he just gets to yeah. kind of cook on. So, um, you know, Aubrey Plaza, and again, she is yeah. going to have an episode where right. she gets to cook because you don't get her right. without the intention right. of letting her have a. Uh, uh, at least a small time period where she gets just kind of cut loose. I think what they're telling us in the beginning of this, at the, like, and it makes sense because the the introduction, the opening theme, uh, it changes. Uh, last season it was all Hawaiian themed, and the music was very yeah. Hawaiian sounding. This season it's all basically like Renaissance art style is what mm-hmm. it is and every mm-hmm. like the amount of sexual imagery that is in this opening scene yeah. so they're basically telling you there's going to probably be quite a bit more sex in this uh a L- lot more sex in this first episode yeah there really was and like i said and it wasn't like and what's so great about a show like this is they don't always put like the sex isn't always like that incredibly appealing all the time uh, i mean no. like the the one the, the one really obvious sex scene is with um with Jennifer Coolidge's character Tanya and is it Jeff? What's it? I can't remember. John Grease. John Grease. I always want to call Uncle Rico from yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, uh, he Which plays I Greg. Expect, he, yeah, he's Greg. I wasn't expecting to see Uncle Grico's bare bottom. <laughs> you know, here we are. But I will tell you, one of the funniest sex scenes I've yes. seen in a long time. Exactly. And like I said, that's what, I mean, they don't present it as like this, like really desirous thing. It's presented yeah. with humor in this. Uh, like I said, so it's just kind of interesting the way that they put this take on it. And I don't know how it's going to be played out in the rest of the, I'm sure there will be some that are very sensual and there will be some that are more like this, where it's humorous in which the sex scenes are, are presented. So like I said, it, it's interesting to see yeah. well, their take on and- it. And Cameron and uh, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Daph- no, no, oh, yeah, Daphne, Daphne. I'm sorry, yeah, Daphne and Cameron's sex scene. You know, I like how he they did a little wink to the first season where he's doing a gorilla type noise yes. like Steve Zahn did, yeah, like he did. <laughs> that's true, uh-huh. that's true. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a, that's an Easter egg for season one, yeah. I actually forgot about the team mentioned, so I'm glad you mentioned it because I, I had totally forgotten about that, but. There's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff going here. I want to start with Jennifer Coolidge's character and with uh, John Grease's character, Greg, because in the first season we get Tanya, who is just a blubbering mess. She is grieving the loss of her mother, who she really wasn't really that close to at all. Yeah, uh, but she's just completely torn up about it. She's almost she's crying almost the entire time yeah. that we see her, and she's an absolute mess of a person. And she's still an absolute mess of a person, but she's more in control of what of her life at this point. And we see mm-hmm. that, you know what? She's pretty awful. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. and you, you're not really sure if, if Greg is awful too, or if he's just become awful because of the fact that he's married to her. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good point because he wasn't that bad last season. No, but, he wasn't. You know, he's pretty bad. Uh, th- this episode, but like you said, was, was she the cause of that? Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering throughout the course of this, because when we met Greg in the first season, he thought he was about to die. He he thought he yeah. had a, a terminal illness, uh, and you know, he told... And when he meets 
Tanya. He's she's in this really weird, crazy stage of her life, and she's look, she's still crazy. There's no question yeah, about that. Uh, there's no doubt. But he said he was all about the crazy in the first season, and here in the second season, he doesn't seem to be all about the crazy anymore. He seems like he's, right. he's kind of over it. Uh, yeah, and I was gonna say they did a good job of. So he is the line uh, about. You know, how are you going to lose any weight if you eat five macaroons? Right. right. Now, we're watching this. You're thinking, well, he's just being a jerk. He's being he's a jerk, being, right. But, but we don't know. She may have said, you've got to stay on top of me so I lose weight. Right. Mm-hmm. But we haven't seen that part. Or, right. Or that or, so that's why I wonder. I do wonder if they're making him look bad. And then we're going to find out that, like you said, she's the cause of it. That That's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I kind of think that's the way it's going to be. Because, like I said, he was this really likable guy in, yeah. in the first step, in the first season. And he, he was still kind of likable at times here. Right. And yeah. But he's, like I said, you can tell that he's just not happy with where they are in life. Uh, I, mean, uh, like, no, I think he probably thought he was going to be dead. And he's like, God, I'm alive and I'm married to this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably what it boils down to. Uh, but, like I said, she is obviously a much different person than this. She has obviously rebounded from the death of her mother. She obviously has gotten past that. My guess is it probably didn't take her that long once she got back to, uh, yeah. to the mainland. And got her half a billion. Yeah, we find out exactly how much she's worth. Because they make it pretty clear that she's worth quite a bit in the first season. But they don't ever tell us. Jennifer is it, uh, no it's Haley Lee Richardson's character Portia is it? Yeah. It's Haley. Yeah. yeah. So Haley, Haley, yeah. Yeah. Haley Lee Richardson's character Portia. She's playing her assistant. I think it's Haley Lou. Yeah, that's what I said. Haley Lou. Oh, okay. I think you said Lee. I'm sorry. No, yeah, Haley Lou Richardson. She is the she's the assistant to to Tanya. And I, look, I don't know what Tanya does, but obviously it's made her a lot of money. My guess is she's probably inherited a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but she's extremely wealthy, and she has this assistant who she has asked to come onto this trip, which makes Greg really angry because Greg said he didn't want her to come. Uh, and this is a problem. This is where we start to see, you know, just the controlling. The You kind of get a taste of this in the first season with her character. You feel like she's very controlling, very, mm-hmm. but you don't really see it that much uh, because the fact that she doesn't really have that much to deal with. You, she just kind of toys with, I don't, uh, with Brenda. I, that was her name in the first season, right? I think that's right. Yeah. Natalie, uh, what was her? I thought it was Brenda. I almost positive. Yeah, Belinda. 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 Okay, I was close with Brenda. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Natasha Rothwell. Very good character from season one. Yeah, so she kind of just she kind of has her, you know, she's kind of toying with her. She keeps telling her, "Oh, I wanted to start. I want you to start your business, and I'll support you and all this type of stuff." And obviously, you kind of feel like she's so flaky that's not going to come true. And you kind of see a different version of this. She's she's basically kind of got this assistant of hers, Portia, just on a string and like. She has her so I don't know what it is that she does, and that's kind of what I'm hoping we'll find out. You know, she obviously this job is important to her, else she wouldn't be there because she wouldn't take this trip if she if it wasn't important to her, and she probably gets paid pretty well for it. But you know, you have to kind of take this abuse where she shows up, she was asked to come by her boss, and now her boss is telling her not to even leave the room, which is just. I mean, it's basically she's trying to imprison her at this point. Right, right, right. And like I said, so it just it shows the cruelty of in a completely different way. Like I said, give I give Jennifer Coolidge a lot of credit. I give John Grease a lot of credit because they are the only two returning characters from the previous season. And to introduce them into this season, you and to make them such different characters right off the bat 
is impressive by them. It's impressive by Mike White, who's, who who is the creator of this show. So, like I said, yeah. just a lot of credit to them. And, and, and the biggest champion of Jennifer Coolidge, because he's already said, I will do this. As long as as they will let me, and I will put Jennifer Coolidge in it as long as she will let me. <laughs> so, so he is on there. And let's shout out Haley Lou, uh, Haley Lou Richardson, a, a young actress, mm-hmm. uh, and I think she's like twenty five still, yeah. twenty five, twenty six, who's done a lot. Yes, uh, yes. I, I actually had seen her in Split and The Edge of Seventeen, which is a great up uh, up in like a, a a what do you call it? Like, Coming of uh, age. Young, Coming of age, thank you. With Haley Steinfeld, I think she plays her best friend. Yeah, and uh, she was one of the poor girls tortured and split. But uh, very, very good actress and, and a good get for the show. And I, I like, I like the part she's playing of Portia, the the poor girl being just abused. I guess. Yeah. And, and yeah, she, a, she really a, a young Gen Z being abused. Yeah, for basically she's trying to make her way in life, and this is the way that she wants to go about doing it. And whoever it is that she's talking to on the phone, you know, is trying to tell her just quit, leave her alone, just don't worry about her. And she's yeah. and she just wants this job. I mean, it's very similar to, uh, it's very similar to the role that Anne Hathaway played in The Devil May uh, The Devil yeah. Wears Prada. I, I kind of yeah. got that those vibes oh. with it. So uh, obviously, but this is a little bit different. Obviously, but those are kind of the vibes that i got from it so uh all right so where do we want to go to next do we want to talk about the three degrassos do we want to talk yeah, let's to- talk about them they were fun they were so we have three degrassos uh the eldest is being played by f murray abraham uh the middle who is the son of uh bert degrasso is played by michael imperioli i think i'm pronounced i always pronounce his name that's wrong. right and he's been Everyone on a ton of stuff from christopher Montesani from uh the sopranos, the sopranos. i didn't see the sopranos i wasn't a huge fan of it i've watched a few episodes yeah. But I know In everybody fact, else has. There is a famous uh, Sopranos Twitter joke account called, uh, I believe it's Socialist Sopranos, and they, and they have this GIF, and it's Michael's, and it's it's a meme of Michael, it's Michael, his character Christopher Montesani smoking a cigarette, and during the actual scene, he's like, "Hey T," and so the whole time he, I could see him talking about the show because he's going to say. It's a hey, hey T. It's a show about vacation and where people don't vacation. I can I can just see it now. That's what, the, what it's going to be. Yeah, it probably will be so. Uh, and the youngest is Adam DeMarco, who plays Albie DeGrasso. They obviously are all very different in they're, they're very, yeah. three very different characters. F. Murray Abraham's character is playing the classic womanizing old geezer, uh, yeah, creepy who old has man. The farts. Yeah, who has the farts because he can't stop farting. And uh, blame the prosecco. Write that down, people. Good, good <laughs> to know. The prosecco. That's right. So you'll know if you ever had that issue. Just blame the prosecco. Uh, Michael the uh, Michael Imperioli's character is in the midst of what's probably going to be a divorce. I mean, that scene where he is talking to—I wasn't really sure if they were actually divorced yet or if they. Were, yeah, remind, remind me not to call that wife. Yeah, I know. I mean, the amount of F-bombs that she drops wow. on him was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume a sex addiction is the issue why his wife and daughter will not speak to him. Yeah. Uh, so, he's, like I said, he seems to be... They insinuate that he is some type of Hollywood bigwig. And that's yeah, what they, yeah. they insinuate. And he is... He's on this trip. He was. He's sad. He's kind of in a a, a bad place. Uh, he wanted this was supposed to be with him and his wife. That was the way they originally planned it. Something obviously went wrong, which I'm sure they will eventually tell us what goes wrong. But 
they if you see the if you saw the trailer for this you you knew what was coming they try to set this up where uh they're trying to set up in this show at least in this first episode is you don't know who reached out to the hookers that's what you yeah, don't that's yeah. that's what you don't know and if you didn't see the trailers this is probably a little bit i mean it's supposed to be a little bit of a surprise but yeah. if you saw the trailers you know pretty quickly who it is so uh well they make it sort of feel like it's going to be cameron right they do they kind of make it feel that way but it yeah. ends up not being and if you saw the thing on the next episode on the like the coming this yeah. season it's like okay well cameron's going to fulfill that role eventually anyway yeah. uh, but uh like I said, so he's the one who reaches out to the hookers. He's the one who's uh, asked these hookers to come and give the credit to the lady who's playing the uh, the front desk lady. I don't know. I'm not sure if that was Mrs. That's, Ross. It's Valentina. Valentina Sabri, Sabrina. Sabrina, okay. Uh, and and Pacatori. I guess. And these are these are Italian actresses. If you yes, look at their IMDb, you know they haven't done much English, and they're doing a fantastic job. I love I love her scene. Yeah, I know. <laughs> where she's introducing like, I'm so glad you're here. You're so old. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> was, like, like everyone was like, okay, I guess that's a compliment. I guess I'm not really sure. He wasn't really sure how to take it. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, Michael Imperioli, he's obviously going through some stuff, and this is the reason that he asked for these hookers to show up. And the the scene ends with him finally engaging with the hooker, uh, who in the first one that we're talking about is Mia, played by Beatrice Grano. I guess is. I think no, I think his is no, no, that's uh, Isabella L- Lucha. Yeah, Lucha, Lucha. That's right, Simona Tabasco. Mia was yeah. the other one. That's right. You, yeah, that's right. I, I get the yeah. most confused. I, and after seeing her, I think he's going to be okay this trip. Yeah, I think he is. So. Uh, <laughs> So, like I said, uh, like he finally uh, starts having relations with her. We don't actually see it, but we see them starting to make out, and you obviously know where it's going to go. Uh, the younger one, who is Albi DeGrasso, who's played by Adam DeMarco, he uh, he strikes up a little bit of a. He notices Portia, who is played by Kelly Lou Richardson, at the at the pool when she's having her crying moment with with whoever it is. I guess her mom, maybe maybe a friend. I don't know who it is. Was who it, it sounded was. like a friend? Yeah, it sounded also like a said you need to get laid. So true. I cannot imagine someone's mother telling them that but you never know you never never know know. (laughs) Uh, so like i said they kind of have a little bit of spark and that's when uh you know that's when she's talking about how cute her his grandfather is and he's like oh he's he's really not that cute i mean he's basically trying to say that and still be nice at the same time yeah yeah uh and he wanders in and like i said i thought that i thought he was trying to they're trying to set him up as different than his his dad and his grandfather yeah and it makes me think what's going to happen is he's going to be revealed they're going to reveal at some point that he's really not that different Uh, maybe i'm wrong about that Uh, that seems probably right because you know sydney sweeney uh, from the first season, mm-hmm. acted like she was so much different than her parents, and really, she was extremely similar. Yeah, she was, and that was kind of yeah. The- so uh, I, I could see that, but I really liked uh, Adam Demarco. I had seen him in the Netflix show The Order. Okay, I, uh, I, I, I hadn't recognized him, so I wasn't sure who he was. Yeah. Yeah, he's also in a Netflix show I've never watched, and I know it was pretty popular. The Magicians. I think it was on several. Yeah, he, it he was. was one of the cast members on that. Yeah, I tried watching. It and I wasn't a huge fan of it, and yeah. which is odd yeah. for, for that type of show. I would expect me yeah. to like that one. So, um, but I, I liked what he was doing. Like I said, the the differences yeah. between the three the three DeGrassos. Like I said they're going to they're going to explore that quite a bit. It feels like it's yeah. just the differences so, between the three of those. 
So did Bert fall on purpose to try to get to make his grandson look better? Because he immediately felt he's like, all right, who was the girl? That's kind of what I was wondering. I was like, did he yeah. did he do this on purpose? And he might have. I don't know. You never. You I, I think he. I think he did. But I love how uh, Albie tells the dad, Michael Perry and Dom. Hey, uh, one of us needs to sleep with him. Okay, that's great. Why, why don't you take that? <laughs> right. <shift? laughs> and then, uh, you know, he, he'd had the Prosecco. You did not want to be in the room. No, with you Bert did not. You did not. You did not want to be with him. Like I said, uh, look, I love F. Murray Abraham. Uh, He's fantastic. Yeah, he won an Oscar way back in the 80s for uh, playing. Amadeus. Yeah, and Amadeus for playing Salieri, I think is the name of the composer that he, he was playing. Uh, and he's just been great ever since. He's If you want to see something else he's in, he, they've got the third the uh, third season of Mythic Quest is coming out here soon, and he'll be in it as well. So well, we, we saw him in uh, Moon Knight not long ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was in Moon Knight. Duh, I kind of forget that. That. so uh, obviously we didn't see him but we, we yeah, heard yeah, we him. heard his voice yeah. so um so that's the DeRosso, uh that's the degrassos the other storyline that is going on i guess let's talk about the the hookers because i feel like you don't get as we get some of the hotel staff in this one yeah. i don't think the hotel staff is going to be quite the focus that yeah. they were in I, the first season yeah and that's the one thing that concerns me because murray murray bartlett was just uh, our, our, uh, as Armand was yeah. an incredible and all time character, like all time great HBO character. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so not having a character like that that is a little concerning. But you know, you got to change it up. Yeah. And I, I I thought Valentina was good because, like she said, she was tough to her staff and right. she was tough to the locals. But then, like she has no. Uh, hospitality right. uh, customer <laughs> service training because she was just the stuff she said was extremely yeah. <laughs> inappropriate yeah well i think what they're doing is like the the hotel staff was supposed to be like the they're they were trying to contrast the 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 everyday person to this uber rich people that were staying at their at their hotel i think where they're going with that this time around is with the with the hookers the hookers who are played by uh simona tabasco who plays lucia and beatrice grano who plays mia they i think are going to be that lens for the everyday person this time around. the sympathetic character yeah i feel like that's the way they're going to go especially mia Mm -hmm. mia has yeah because she's like in she's in over her head with this she obviously yeah. has not been doing this very long or this may be her first time to do it at she all wants to, yeah she's just hanging around her friend she wants to be a musician right so she's going to get kind of roped into this and yeah. like i said you, you feel like that's kind of where the sympathy is going to end up coming from and that's where that right. that's the lens that they want us to have for the everyday the everyday person who doesn't really fit into this world of just uber rich and just uber wealthy that's i like that i feel like that's the the lens that we're getting with with those characters uh the other characters we have we have um let's see we have harper spiller who's played by aubrey plaza uh is she the biggest star in this yeah yeah well I, I, besides her coolidge now yeah coolidge i mean michael imperioli is there i mean i, I kind of feel yeah. like she is but i wasn't really sure I, I, yeah i would say yeah yeah 
I mean, I love Aubrey Plaza. I will. I will. I'm, yeah, it's it's her. It's her Coolidge and then Imperioli for yeah. sure. And, Had it been ten years earlier, right. closer to the Sopranos, Imperioli may be number one. Yeah, I think you're probably correct about that. But yeah. look, I love Aubrey Plaza. Uh, she yeah. every time I've ever seen her do anything, it has been fantastic. Uh, she got She's her so good. Yeah, she got her break in Parks and Rec, uh, and she was just fantastic. And that's me. To me, she is the best part of Parks and Recreation. I know everybody loves. Uh, I can't remember uh, Nick Offerman's character. Uh, oh crap! Now Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. Uh, look, I love him too. He is fantastic. He's one of the best parts of that show. But, uh, but like I said, Aubrey Plaza to me was just absolutely phenomenal. I loved her in that show, uh, and she's been great in everything else that she's done. And she's playing this character. Well, what's great about the 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 story arc that she's involved in? She ha- she's married to Ethan, who is played by Will Sharp. And they are on vacation with Daphne. Uh, Daphne is played by Megan Fay. I guess that's how you pronounce that. And yeah, she's. This is a big break for her. I've not seen. Yeah, her. I, was saying, I haven't seen I her. Looked her. I do. Yeah, I, she she's new to me. I wasn't really sure uh, about her. Yeah. And Cameron Babcock, who is played by Theo James. Now Theo James has been in some stuff. Yeah, he's been. A, he was the mostly known for the Divergent series. Yes, he was. Really has hinted on next level going to the next level a couple of times it just has not happened buddy this may be what gets him back in the uh yeah. the a, moving towards a list because he was fantastic yeah he was uh i have i read the divergent books i saw one of the movies i just was not a huge fan of the, the movies uh the, that's i think those are movies they're just a side note i think those are movies if you haven't read the books they're probably you're probably you probably don't want to read them if you see the movies because I just was not a big fan of the movies. I watch the movies and they're pretty boring. Oh, are they? Okay, yeah. The bo- yeah. the books are great except for the last one. I love like Miles Teller's in them. Yeah, and, Miles uh, Teller's in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the guy from uh, Tokyo Vice uh, and Baby Driver? I mean, there's like yeah, big I know you're stars. About, yeah, now, there are, uh, and they a lot of them got their break because of that because of that series. The books are fantastic. The third one is just weird. I'll say that, but uh, I love the books. Anyway, let's Ansel, e- Ansel Eckert. Yeah, Ansel Eckert. He's the the other guy in it. So, yeah. uh, but well, like I said, Theo James. We've seen him quite a bit. But what's great about these two couples is they are just polar opposites of each other. Yes, because you've got Daphne and Cameron who are just overly optimistic and just overly like don't have a care in the world. They don't watch the, they news. Don't watch the news. They don't God vote. <laughs> I, I, I like these people. <laughs> I know. I did too. I was like, I, I know people were, you're probably not supposed to like them, but I'm like, these people are smart. <laughs> I hate watching the news. I mean, the news awful. is terrible. And I know what's going on from Twitter and everything else. It's horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really have a problem with these guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the other, but the problem is the, the opposite, the, the, uh, uh, what's over their names? Harper and Ethan are polar opposites. They are so involved. Like they are talking about the end of the world and like, right. <laughs> like, and like they hate everything. Yeah, I know. They hate everything. They're, no, she hates, well, she everything. hates everything. You're right. And he's because just, he liked Ted Lasso. And you could tell she convinced him to quit watching. Right, exactly. Because he's like, she's like, I don't like Ted Lasso. He's like, well, I used to watch. And then he's like, well, we watch uh, documentaries because, right, exactly. like, you know, there's just too much, too much content out there. And I'm like, <laughs> you would watch something else if it wasn't for her. Exactly. And I'm telling you, man, I had PTSD uh, from a previous relationship of mine. I'm not going to go too much into it, but uh, it's not my current wife. So I'm just <laughs> but when he says to her, could you try to have fun? 
if not, it's going to make things awkward. And she responds, when do, in a very condescending, uh, resting B face, when do I ever make things awkward? I was like, oh God. Oh Jesus, Ethan, I've been here. Run, brother, run. Yeah, look, hey, look, red flags went up for me with Aubrey Plaza's character in this one. I heard she says, I don't like Ted Lasso. I'm like, what is wrong with you? How can you not uh, like Ted Lasso? Uh, <laughs> so. yeah, they were they were really great. And, and also, this was where, and I'm gonna I'm gonna praise uh, Theo James because he is a very tough character because you have to be good looking, you have to mm-hmm. be confident, right? But also you have to be snarmy, but still a somewhat likable. And he's pulling all yeah, he of is. this off because he's so freaking annoyed by her yeah, he and is. everything she hates. But he's acting. He just keeps making a couple of faces, but then he puts on another face yeah but i will say he's doing a good job because you can tell he likes uh he likes ethan yeah mm-hmm. he does like Ethan, yeah, he does. even though mm-hmm. you know they're different people but there's still something about him he likes ethan yeah there but is. like i still think he's trying to bed uh ethan's wife that yeah, we no. later see but like that's just him that's the kind of guy he is but i thought i thought theo james did a really good job of of being the extremely annoyed guy and like just he would say things like when he talks about what when she mentions that she's an attorney for people getting you know losing their right. job mm-hmm. and he goes on that rant oh, about yeah. mm-hmm. you know most of the cases are false i was like oh god oh this is not good yeah that's one of the things about this show and like i said they're carrying over from the first season the the humor in this it's funny but you don't always you're not always laughing because you're so squeamish you're you're just like right. really squeamish like oh my gosh I, I, like yeah. this is so incredibly uncomfortable and they really hit that with these two couples yeah. because there's so yeah. many just completely awkward uncomfortable moments between the two of them you're like gosh i mean you just like uh, you just want to escape as soon as you possibly can uh but one of the things i do want to point out because you're talking about cameron and him, the the scene where they make it pretty obvious that he wants to like sleep with with uh, with Harper, uh, which is Aubrey Plaza's character. You know, he's changing into his his swimsuit while she's sitting right there. I mean, he knows yeah. that she can see him. There's no question right. about that. And there's his naked, his naked butt right there for everybody to see. But one of the things I think what felt pretty clear to me when I, especially after watching uh daphne and cameron interact and seeing seeing cameron come on screen because the very first thing the only person we know that's going to survive this uh week-long stay are the hotel people and daphne because daphne is the one who finds the body uh like i said the one thing i noticed is when she is talking to that i'm assuming is which is a lesbian couple because it was two women uh when she's talking to that couple at the very beginning before the show really even starts about how great it is and how the food's wonderful and just Everything yeah. about the way she was talking sounded fake. Like she was, yeah. Like she was, she is just coming off a really awful week, and right. It's now, and so it makes me feel like her husband has just been absolutely awful to her this entire yeah. week. That's at least well, that's she, the vibe I got. And I, I, I'm glad you picked it up. I also picked up when he went with uh, Aubrey Platt when he went with Harper. She looked up like, "Oh Lord, not this again!" Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. She had a look on her face like, "I've I've been down this road. I know what's about to happen." 
Right. That, that, that felt very obvious. So, uh, and they're setting up. If you watch the, the the coming up in the season thing, they're they're setting up where the girls are going to have their their day, the the men are going to have their day, and the men are going to have a pretty wild time to say the least. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see how all that get, plays out, but um, uh, that really kind of takes us to all of our main characters. I think I don't think there's anybody that we haven't hit on in yeah. in this. Uh, who stood out? Uh, well, I guess I will always save that for the for the awards. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we get to those awards? Let me go through. Oh, the faces. The faces. Yes, I'm glad so, you mentioned that because that so, was creepy. Because <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge had a weird reaction. And then Ethan, Ethan has a re- weird reaction. Yeah. So, what, is there a camera in there? That's or what is I'm it wondering. It's like a spell, or is there like some kind of spell? Uh, the, I, I feel like this is too much of a realistic show for there to be a spell. That just yeah, seems yeah. too out there for this type of a show. It makes me feel like there's a camera or something in there. Uh, because, I mean, they made a point of this at the very beginning when everybody's checking in. I mean, he's telling the story to everyone. The, the guy who's brought them in, he's telling the story to everyone. They just kind of keep jumping around from, from room to room while he's telling the story about this. this this woman who uh i don't i can't even remember what the story was i just knew it felt important uh the woman like this guy comes to, like oh yeah and this man comes to and meets this girl and he falls in love with her and she like cuts off his head <laughs> at some right, point. Right, right. uh so like i said that feels pretty important uh i don't really know how they're going to work it in but you're right when when Tanya and Greg were were uh, having sex in, in their scene, you had she just kind of like blanks out and like all she sees are those faces. And then Ethan, towards the end of the episode, he just is staring at it and like it's like entranced by it. So they're like, there's something. Maybe there is a spell or something around it. I don't know, but like I said, this show has been really grounded in realism, so I can't imagine them right. going down that road with it. But I guess it's possible. So what were your thoughts? Yeah. I thought the same thing. I th- I'm thinking camera. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking. And I think it's something, something about the cameras catching people's eyes, so they're looking into it, and maybe it causes like almost like a trance. Maybe I don't know. Like I said, I'm glad you mentioned but that because I forgot about it. It was funny, the Jennifer Coolidge one especially because uh, uh, her um, orgasmic face was already kind of fun, <laughs> distracting. <laughs> it really was. And so for her to really start making some weird faces, it, it was. It was just so much, man. She really is was. so great. She, she is. is. I just love that she has aged into this character yeah. and does mm-hmm. not, including if you watch the behind the scenes afterwards. Yeah, that was fun. I would fully uh, tell you to because she even mentions there's a and, and I love how she's acting up. She's like, yeah, there's a lot more sex, right? And even though it's a closed set, they let <laughs> me they watch let me all, all. Let me. They let me in to watch all the scenes. And <laughs> I was right. just like, good for her that she <laughs> you know, has no problem making that joke. That's right. And, and I laughed. Yeah, no, I did too. I, because if Mike, if F. Murray Abraham had made that joke, I'd be like, oh, that's gross. That's kind of gross and creepy. But for her making it, it works. So <laughs> you're right. All right. Uh, let's get to our, our weekly awards. And so here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we do weekly awards whenever we are covering a season. We haven't gotten to the end of it. And so since this is the first season, we haven't got to it yet. So up first is the Tyrion Lannister. What was your MVP of this week? So you kind of hinted about this. This, this is really a show that, uh, is really an ensemble. And so to me, nobody really stood out, but I'm going to go 
I'm going to go Tyrion Lannister for the the people that are known the most for mm-hmm. this first episode. So I'm going Jennifer Coolidge, Aubrey Plaza, Michael Imperioli, Theo James, and F. Murray Abraham. Because whatever happens in this show and for this show to work, it's in their hands. Yeah, it is. They mm-hmm. have to have the biggest part. And you can tell from this first episode, all of them are delivering. Yeah, so I think we're in very good hands. So I'm going to I'm gonna uh, put it in those one, two, three, four, five, six people. Okay. I, oh, I think it's five people. Yeah, I think it's five. Yeah, five five people. That's what I mentioned. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. I was just going to kind of go with the whole cast. Because I think this whole cast is just, I think the first, the first episode of the first season was very much like this. We're introducing you to the cast. We're getting you accustomed to everybody. And then we're going to spend mo- more moments, like, Second, I'm sure the second episode will spend more moments with one set of characters. We'll spend moments with, we'll spend the entire season with everybody throughout the points. But there are going to be moments, there are going to be episodes where we focus more on one arc than we do on the others. And so I'm like, I'm just kind of sticking with everybody on this one. And I feel like we'll get more focus on certain characters and certain storylines as the season goes along. But right now, they're just trying to get us introduced to everybody. Uh, I do, I will, you know, if I want to try to point out anybody, I'll go with Jennifer Coolidge and uh, John Grease for having completely different characters than what we saw in the first season because they were playing completely different characters. And I think that's kind of impressive. So Uh, the Agatha all along, the best scene of the week. What do you go with for this? I'm going the dinner scene because it starts out with with the uh, the DeGrasso's eating, which was hilarious, mm-hmm. especially uh, the advice that uh, oh yeah that that Bert gets from his doctor. I thought was interesting. Right. That was yeah, and, that was and, good. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just how 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 he uh, as an old man is still ready to go <laughs> at any moment. Right. And, and then you get uh, where Portia is eating, and then Tanya sees her and is just mouthing, get out of here, right, go it. back to your room. That was just hilarious. Just the way she's trying to be subtle about it, but Jennifer, there's nothing subtle. No, about there's Jennifer not. Coolidge. So I thought that was hilarious. And then it ends with uh the uh the the four couple the 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 couples having a just a very awkward dinner yes they were and harper uh showing how she is about making her husband <laughs> not order what he wants right exactly order what, she wants. what she wants because he's gonna be here all week he could order that again i was just <laughs> like oh god yeah i think that was the one to go with uh like like i said they're they're all really good uh they do a really good job of calling back to the first season throughout the course of this episode but that season that episode that scene in this episode i thought was the best one because they are they are really laying on thick just the awkwardness of everything that is involved in this show so uh, yeah and I was going to say, my runner-up would have been the Tanya Gregg sex scene, because yeah. I thought it... I, I really laughed at yeah, it. Yeah, it was funny. It was really funny. It really, it really was. So, uh, all right, the next is the If You Come With The King, You Best Not Miss, Your Best Line of the Week. What'd you go with here? This was said by Greg in the scene. Anytime that some guy says, it's hot out, I probably got <laughs> swamp crotch. And then Jennifer Coolidge is like... 
next line of he's always thinking of me i mean that is just that was hilarious it really was uh look i i don't want to the one that stuck out to me the most was during the dinner scene you kind of referenced it i'm not going to go into it but uh it was the doctor advice that was given to f murray abraham uh like i said i'm trying to keep it family friendly so if you saw the episode you know what i'm talking about so i think i think with this show family friendly is going to be extremely like i said we'll, we'll keep it as good as we can so i'll just leave it at that you if you saw like i said if you, if you saw it you know what i'm talking about with the doctor advice that was given to to f murray abraham that's what we're gonna go Which with actually now. uh it actually that is a story ernest borgnine was interviewed like five or ten years ago before he passed away and they asked him how do you stay because he's like he was nearly 100 at the mm-hmm. time and they asked him <laughs> How did he stay so young? And he gave the same advice from the doctors. <laughs> I think this is where this came from. It may be. So it wouldn't surprise me. But thank you, Ernest Bor- Borgnon. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the wonderful line. So we appreciate it. So uh, here on the pot, here on the Main Attraction Podcast, we do have a rating system. We start at the top with a Game of Thrones. Just me, the Game of Thrones is a loss. Middle of the Road Forest is a... Friends, Beneath Friends is a full house at the bottom of the barrel is a Baywatch. We both rated the first season of The White Lotus as a Game of Thrones. Are you going to stay there for this first episode of season two, or are you going to change? I'm going, to st- uh, I'm going back and forth, man, because this was... Uh, th- there's nothing that's concerning to me except it's the second season. Right. And it has such big shoes to fill. Right. But I love this show. I, w- I wanted to watch the next episode right. like immediately. Uh, let's go with the loss just to be safe. But it is it's so good. I, yeah, I love it. Yeah, like I said, there is a little concern from the only concern for me is there are so many there are a lot of beats from the first season, so I do worry that they yeah are going to rely a little too much on the first season. So we'll start with the loss and we'll give them a chance to well, go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to say and the fact that. You know, last season, F. Murray Abraham and Sidney Sweeney, who I'd not seen in anything, really came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and, like, you know, really stole the stole the show. And I guess Jake Lacey kind of, too. I'd not seen him in or anything in that type of role. That type so, of role, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be some of these younger characters are, are, are characters that aren't as well-known have a lot of have a lot on their shoulders. They do. They do. I mean, look, Sydney Sweeney, they got her because they have her in, um, uh, euphoria, yeah, euphoria, which neither of us have seen, but you know, people rave about it. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but like I said, so, I mean, she's got that going for her and this just kind of got, it gave her a chance to kind of, to build upon that. And there's, and like I said, there are some people, Kelly Lee Richardson has a chance to make a name yeah. for her. So, I mean, she's already been around for a while, but she's got a chance to really build up that yeah. here in this episode and the show. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's Haley. what I say? That's I like, think you said Kelly. Lou. Oh yeah. It's Haley. That, yeah it's there Haley is an Richardson. actress named Kelly Lou too. So I think that's why. Yeah, it's probably is. Yeah. It's Haley, the Richardson, uh, yeah. the, the girl who plays Daphne is going to have an opportunity to really make a name for herself. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be, there's going to be a few. So, all right. Uh, I guess that's everything. Uh, we do need to do one more thing though, before we head off. That is recommendations. We do like to do recommendations here on the main attraction podcast. So what do you have for our listeners this week? All right, I got four, oh, wow. and okay. they're kind of Halloween-ish. Oh, okay. So I want to—I want to—I I, I, I don't want to say I want to go ahead and tell them. So because you might want to watch these if uh, we're releasing this, and so you will have a chance to watch Halloween stuff, and you still may be in the mood for Halloween stuff this week. So the first is a movie that I rented, and it is available 
on the Redbox app on sale for $3. And it one of my favorite movies I've watched this year, it is The Black Phone starring Ethan Hawke. Okay. It is fantastic. I freaking love this movie. If you've watched the trailer, it's about uh, some some young teen, preteen boys are being uh, kidnapped in Denver in the mid-70s. And um, there is a black phone in the room that they're kidnapped in. And the, the young guy that's in there, he has to use it. The, the he's getting advice from the black phone of the people who were previously in there mm. telling him how to get out. Okay. And Ethan Hawke is the kidnapper and he is creepy. He's wearing this mask the whole time. Yeah, I've seen the it mask. Is, it's more, it's more suspense than horror. There are a couple of jump scares, but it is, I love this movie. My wife and I were both were like, this is one of the best movies I've seen, and I still can't stop thinking about it. So the Black Phone, I'm telling, I would highly recommend it, especially if you're looking for a scary movie. Uh, the second one is a Netflix movie that we actually watched yesterday, and it made me want to watch the Black Phone. It's uh, Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of their top movies right now, starring okay. Donald Sutherland. It's a Stephen King short story. Uh, okay. It's also got uh, Jay. I believe his name is Jaden Martell. That's his name. Young actor, you've seen him and stuff like it, and uh, defending Jacob, which was a show on Amazon. He's been a lot of stuff. Young young actor, and it's about a dollar something plays a man who's older man that's dying, and his this guy gives young guy gives him a phone, and after he's uh, after he's dead, his phone someone keeps answering. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so there's some little horror suspense, but right. it's actually really good. Uh, the third thing. I watched The Patient on Hulu. It finished and with Steve Carell and oh, Donald yeah, Gleeson. I, I, uh, I lost track of it after like the third episode. I need to go back to that. Well, well worth it. All the episodes are out. H- highly recommend. Very, very creepy as well. Uh, serial killer has uh, has kidnapped his psychiatrist in the basement. Well, well worth a watch. My last thing is a Netflix show. I've been watching Netflix again. Yeah, shockingly, <laughs> uh, The Watcher. Uh, I've heard about that. Is a a Ron Murphy show with uh, with uh, oh god, man, I cannot remember who's on this. Oh, Billy Cannavale and Naomi Watts are the couple that buy like their dream house. And there are a bunch of weirdos in the neighborhood that one of them is staring at them. Okay. Uh, and uh, Margot Martindale, the great Margot Martindale, is one of the neighbors who's okay, harassing cool. them. A lot of, lot of. Oh, Jennifer Coolidge is in this oh, is as she? well. Okay. <laughs> she's she's uh, the real estate agent and friend. So okay. It is. It is a fun watch. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is a really good actor, uh, good in everything, and he's good at playing like a jerk. And like uh, the the dad at the same time, so I, I would recommend it. It's it's a fun watch. I, I would watch that last Black Phone man. If you're looking for a Halloween movie, watch that. And then I I, I think the patient needs to be one of your next binge. Everybody. Yeah. All right, uh, I've got two for this week. Uh, last week we talked about uh, one one of my recommendations was uh, for uh, friend of the family. I need to go back and watch this week's episode. I haven't watched it this yet, but it's got Jake Lacey in it, and we talked a little bit about Jake Lacey and the recommendations. And since uh, we have the White Lotus this week, I went and watched the significant other uh, significant other on Paramount Plus. 
it is oh, yeah. really really good uh, it's like i wasn't really i didn't really know what to expect but man it is so good it's one of those movies it's one of those movies it's only like an hour and 20 minutes when you take out the uh credits so it, it's it's a quick watch i mean <laughs> there are some shows nowadays that kind of rival that uh yeah. it's so very good but it's like they have you thinking like oh well that's Oh, that was a little, a little surprising. Then, like, oh, there's another surprise. Like, and th- there's like this five minute stretch where they hit you, bam, 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 with like all these surprises and these little twists, and like, it's just fantastic. And Jake Lacey is just really great in this. His co-star I can't remember her name, uh, but she's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, she's really good in it as well. And it's basically their movie for the most part. Oh, I had to check this out. Yeah, it's, it's it's really good. The only issue I have with it is the ending. The ending is either basically they're either saying we're going to do a sequel or they're just basically leaving it so very open ended about what's going to happen uh, after, and they basically want you to come to your own conclusions. Uh, and like that's kind of been the only criticism I've really seen of it has been the yeah. ending of it. But it is well, so very good. It kind of sounds like. Did you ever watch a, a Perfect Getaway with Steve Zahn and Timothy Olyphant I did not. I did and not. Uh, Mila Jovovich? You might want to watch this because it sounds very similar. It's about a couple on uh, on their two couples on their honeymoon and. It's not exactly what you think it is. Okay. I may have to take that. What did you, you say it was? A perfect getaway. Perfect I'm looking getaway. to see if it's uh, streaming. It's, oh, it's sure it is. really good. Really Every, good. Everything's streaming somewhere. So, but yeah, yeah like well, said, you, you got Steve Zahn and Oliphant going after each other. So that's, you know. Yeah. Uh, but significant other, like I said, it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, I would really check it out. Uh, th- this week also, uh, I'd forgotten that it was coming out. If, if you liked the animated stuff from uh, Dave Filoni, uh, look, I've I wanted to go back and watch. Uh, Clone Wars, but there's seven seasons of that, and there's all like 22 episodes, and I just can't get through all of them. Uh, but he released, they released on Disney Plus a series of shorts. I think there's like six of them, for all about 15 to 20 minutes each, called Tales of the Jedi. It gives a lot of backstory to some of the characters from the Clone Wars era that we didn't really have, so we get to know a little bit more about Ahsoka. We learn a lot more. We learn a lot more about Count uh, Dooku in this. Uh, we learn about Yaddle, uh, who is the female version of Yoda. Uh, like I said, if you like the animated stuff that Dave Filoni did, uh, like I said, I, it, I, I've watched a few episodes of it when I try to go back and watch it, but it, it's just really hard. Uh, but this are, these are much more well done, because like I said, I probably saw eight episodes of Clone Wars, and I, the only thing I didn't like, one of the reasons I couldn't get through more than the eight episodes is because they tried to put, like, every Star Wars trope into it. Like, every every episode has a scroll. Every episode has somebody saying, uh... Uh, I got a bad feeling about this. And like I said, it just felt really hokey. It felt like a kid's show, and I just can't get through it. But these have a much more adult feel to them. Uh, like I said, I just really enjoyed Tales of the Jedi. So, uh, like I said, you can probably watch all of them in about an hour or so. So, if you're into that type of stuff, I would really highly recommend it. So, all right. I guess that wraps us up for this week. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, Perfect Getaway is on peacock okay cool i'll have peacock so i might yeah check that out so yeah i, I think i think you'll like it all right uh, i guess that wraps us up for this week anything else you want to add before we head off i uh, appreciate everyone joining us and we will talk to you next time i will echo those same sentiments and as always until next time may all of your entertainment dreams come true